Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, when I'm in the studio, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Just can't get enough. What's up, man? Can you? How's it going? You just can't get enough. I really can't. Can't get enough of what? Everything. Of your love, baby? Of liberty, of podcasting. Okay. Of, yeah. I really can't. Yeah, hey. This is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week, whether Charlie wants to or not. We're still going to be here. There's a lot of great interviews on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Fine interviews on both sides. Oh. Honestly. Getting trouble saying something like the that. Most, the most recent one, um, you know, the guy had a cool, has a cool show called The Sweaty Penguin, and it's like a climate change awareness show. They try to make it fun. We disagree on a, a whole bunch of stuff. We had a fun conversation. It was it was good. Do I penguins thought. actually sweat? Couldn't tell you. I have no clue. They will once the climate changes. They'll adapt. They'll have to, or they'll overheat. Yep. It's very important that you uh, sweat. For those of you in the let's say the mid south, we're expecting a white Christmas. Just oh figured yeah. I get the news like the weather out of the way. Okay, good. <laughs> you know that's what we've been missing is did the you, weather. Did you know that though? No, I, was just I did thinking not. About climate change and like the cold air has been holed up. Does that mean that we'll have an icicle hemisphere. coming all the way through the ceiling? We might. Over here, because I do notice that there is a, there is a leak. It's getting there wetter. There's a wet spot in the ceiling up there. Yeah. Okay. That tile looks moist. It's sagging. Yeah. I hope it doesn't fall during the show, but I don't know. Be a little bit of action. Hey, yeah. it's kind of White Pill Wednesday. Mm. A little. It's, mo- it's partially White Pill Wednesday. Okay. Somewhat. What that means is... We're going to throw in a couple good things in lieu, uh, in addition to all of the other terrible stuff. Okay. Here's a good one to start with. I just wanted to mention this right quick. Get it out of the way. Charles, once you, um, we alluded to this a little bit already. We don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. But we'll get our Musk out of the way for the show. Elon Musk tweeted, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. We covered that on uh, Dumb Bleep, I believe. The Hodge Twins don't know if you've ever seen these brothers i think they first got famous on facebook i believe i think maybe so. um they said uh they they replied and said let me guess you found messages between twitter executives and our government fauci and team pushing for censorship of anyone that didn't go along with their narrative on covid and elon replied to that with a trophy emoji so there's some good news ding 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 what do we have for them well hopefully Okay, probably nothing. Pro- probably still nothing. Yeah, is what's going to happen. I need there to be more bombshells. There need out to of be the Twitter files. The, here's the thing: they're going to say they're going to show stuff where the government talked to Twitter, and they're going to say, "Well, what's wrong with us providing guidance for people who are running these social media companies?" And what's going to be missing from the whole conversation is the fact that it's not just guidance. With every action, with every conversation amongst Twitter and the government, there is a backdrop of the use of force potentially over them. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that since it might not be an official use of force, an official threat that they would take away their company or tax them or regulate them or do whatever, then it's going to be tough to ever prove that there was actual wrongdoing violation of the First Amendment, which by the way, would you, is there like a law that says, oh, you violated the First Amendment government, you get to go to prison for a couple of years, like, what do you do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but it is fun to watch. All right, now now on to an actual uh, not great story before some of the white pills that we have. I was um, telling Chuck about this earlier. The story here from the New York Times is Biden devotes $36 billion to save union workers' pensions. $36 billion. Now, this has been announced a little bit earlier, but I saw a lot of stuff written about it today. And um, <laughs> I was just going to leave it as resident Biden because it oh, sounds okay. more accurate. I fixed the article. <laughs> From the New York Times. Anyway, this is already, this was really already announced when they did the American Rescue Plan, but it's actually being officially done now. And we just need to talk about how ridiculous and corrupt this really is. It's just right out there in the open. 
They're not even trying to hide anything. It's gross. <laughs> this, this is really real gross. It is really gross. So for those of you that don't know, Nate and I share a Google Sheet <laughs> when we do this podcast. So you can see updates in real time. Like I could talk to Nate while he's talking. He's talking I to could me. Type to him. I should put like chat GPT in here <laughs> and embed it in the sheet. Mm -hmm. So I could just have AI talk to you while you don't you're really talking. have to do it. You can just have chat GPT embed itself into the sheet. You don't even have to do yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, anyway, I had fixed the article for him. That's why he was laughing. Resident Biden. That's because it cut off the P whenever I copied and pasted this over. But resident sounds slightly more accurate. I don't know why. Biden. You know, like in the home. He cut he's, off his P? No, he's just a resident. You know, okay. Biden announced Thursday he was investing $36 billion in federal funds to save the pensions of more than 350,000 union workers and retirees. The oh, money. God. The money coming from last year's COVID-19 relief package will avert cuts of up to 60% in pensions for Teamster truck drivers, warehouse workers, construction workers, and food processors, mainly in the Midwest. Quote, thanks to today's announcement, hundreds of thousands of Americans can feel the sense of dignity again, knowing that they provide for families. Man, it's no joke, and their future is secure. All right, so their future is secure. That the, was Biden. Yeah. That was Biden. That's mm. how he said it. It's a direct quote. The pension rescue plan announced put him back in the more comfortable stance of allying himself with organized labor, a key constituency of the Democratic Party. Remember, they were mad at him there for a minute. It's weird that they just have this press conference and talk about the $36 billion right after he asked Congress to force the rail workers union to accept the deal that they didn't want to accept. That way they wouldn't go on strike. Mm -hmm. Something that we really never talked about. I just find it interesting that really the union, they can say that they're going to go on strike and they can use that as a negotiating tactic. But as long as the government can just come in and force them to accept the deal, then that really is never a negotiating tactic or like hardly ever. Well, the union's for you though. Yeah, just for you. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's see. The 36 bill came from the American Rescue Plan passed last year. will go to the Central States Pension Fund, which is largely made up of Teamster workers and retirees. The fund has been the largest financially distressed multi-employer pension plan in the nation. As a result of shortfalls, pensioners were facing 60% cuts over the next few years. But White House said the federal funding will now ensure full benefits through 2051. This is another Ponzi scheme. And you're not oh, in it. Man. Many, many of the affected workers and retirees are clustered in Midwestern states that have been battlegrounds in recent elections. Uh, in his remarks, Mr. Biden expressed sympathy for workers and retirees facing cuts not of their own making. Quote, for 30, 40, 50 years, you work hard every single day to provide for your family. You do everything right, he said. But then imagine losing half of that pension or more through no fault of your own. You did your part. You paid in. Imagine what it does financially to your peace of mind, to your dignity. I would push back on that slightly in that if you are investing into what you know is a Ponzi scheme or just this fake thing, like the people who invested in FTX could be really upset also. Look, mm -hmm. I put all this money in the cryptocurrency all these years. And it turns out that it was just totally fake. Yes. Listen, if you're on a pension, it's King fake. It's not real. It's Fugazi. Mm -hmm. Okay? So don't cry. Yeah. Don't cry about it. Have your own side hustle fund going on. It's fake money. And here you are depending on us to pay for your retirement because you depended on what you knew was a fake plan the entire time. I Well, I wouldn't say all of them knew that. I, I, well, if they I, didn't, that's still their fault. I disagree slightly, and I do have some empathy for, for people who sign up um, based on those promises made mm. right by the union um, to say, hey, you join us, you pay in. Look, you just pay in a little bit, and we're, you know, we're going to, we invest this money for you. We're, we're averaging, you know, 28,000% gains every single year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're, when, when you retire, you're going to be a millionaire, you know? And, you know, these young kids sign up, spend their whole life in the railroad or, you know, <laughs> building bridges or something. Who knows? And uh, and they're good, hardworking people in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Truck driver. We need truck Salt drivers. Salt of the earth, yeah. these people. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, 
I mean, I would be pretty pissed. Oh, yeah. If I got a letter being like, hey, look, we were going to pay you, you know, $5,000 a month for the rest of your life, and now it's only 2500 Here's the extra amount of pissed that you should be, Charlie. Last paragraph of this one. Mr. O'Brien hailed Mr. Biden's movie. That's Mr. O'Brien's probably the head of that uh, gang, that mafia, mm-hmm. maybe of the Teamsters, whichever one. You want to call it? Ever since they outed, what's his name? Yeah, he took over for Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Is what, is what happened. Great guy. Real For the people. Stellar person. I'm making this up. I have no idea who Brian O'Brien is, but he's uh, probably threatened to car bomb different people if they didn't give in to the union's demands. I'm just saying, every gangster movie that you watch, all these people, like you talk about all the, like Jimmy Hoffa and all these gangsters, the Irishmen, they're blowing people's cars up and stuff like that. It's always unions. That are like the mafia, mm. running stuff, killing yeah. people. It's almost like they've rigged a game. <laughs> okay. He hailed Mr. Biden's move. Quote, our members chose to forego raises and other benefits for a prosperous retirement. And they deserve to enjoy the security and stability that all of them work so hard to earn. He said, So why did statement. you screw them over? This, this is your fault. This is what we were talking about earlier. In lieu of raises, one of the options would be, well... I'll just not take the raise. I'll not take the better, the higher standard of living right now, higher quality of living right now. I'm going to just put more of that towards my pension so I can have a better retirement. And so they allow people to work voluntarily for less money for the promise of a better retirement later on, all while they're underfunding the pension and might end up going bankrupt if not for getting the bailout from the taxpayers. So they're allowing people to work for less money for the promise of a retirement when they're not actually paying into it and getting the gains that they're supposed to be getting. All while lining their own pockets with they, management fees. They should have announced criminal charges against these people yeah. is what they should do. Yeah. But that's not, that's not it. And guess who gets the money, right? It's the people who manage the pension. Mm-hmm. It's your hedge funds where the pension money goes to and they manage that. And all these fees that are being charged, all that money comes out monthly, right? Yeah. The people at the the money tit here, if you can see the me teat. on video, you know, as the money flows in through the pension waves, you got uh, sharks in the waters just grabbing it as it goes by. And all the while, you're like just... A, like a this, like squeezing, oh, yeah. like squeezing oh, the money yeah, out. Yeah, sorry, know? sorry. Like both of uh, us doing this. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the while, you know, you're just putting that money in the money river, mm-hmm. thinking at the end of the day, it's going to end up in the ocean and you get one of the oceans. And uh, the problem is, <laughs> honestly, after this description, it's, all, it's, it's, it's crystal clear, yeah. crystal clear what happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Uh, tell and, us what Rachel Gresler here, uh, Charlie from the Daily Signal had to say. I thought this was a great um a pretty good overview of what happened. All right. And you guys, you understand why we loathe unions so much. Uh, it's a it's scam. Just, the whole thing's a scam a, just yeah. for the people that run the union. And they, it's just all talk. Yeah. Like we're going to do now. Of course, you know, some people have done well or whatever, but it's like, literally they're just siphoning off, you know, the, the CEO of teamsters, whoever runs it, the unions making millions all the people on the board are making millions. They funnel money to government. They get money back from government. It's just this one big giant circle jerk. But this is like one of the selling points that the unions give you. You know, when you rise up against your employer and you decide that you're going to vote and you're going to unionize, this pension plan, this guaranteed for sure retirement is one of the things that they use to get the people to rise up against the people that yeah. are running the corporation and force them into having a union all the while they're underfunding the thing in the first place. It's a fake promise of a retirement. It's a Ponzi scheme that they're all, most of them are failing. And then they use the taxpayers, our money. And by the way, the union people in the union, their money too, to end up paying for it. Yeah. Well, as T-Dub rightly points out here from the live group, which you can join by going to join says not another mismanagement story. That's what it is. Yeah. Pure mismanagementism. That's the thing. Classic. It's it's a it's a one big giant joke. And it's uh it's very frustrating. Behind this bailout is a tragic history of reckless actions by self-seeking unions and muddied political favoritism that allowed the problem to fester for decades unchecked. 
Instead of fixing the problem, it will make the problem worse. Across the United States, 10.8 million workers and retirees belong to about 1,400 multi-employer or union pension plans. Union plans pool employers across one or more sectors of the economy into a single plan run by unions and a a few employer representatives. Multi-employer pensions operate under a separate set of rules that give permission uh, pension managers lots of discretion. I wonder how they got separate rules. Uh, No clue. Hmm. No clue. Such as allowing them to assume excessively high investment returns, even if they consistently failed to achieve them. In practice, these rules allowed unions and employers to routinely promise workers larger pensions without making the contributions necessary to fund them. They, They just... They literally just told people that they were going to give them these retirements and they never made the actual returns that were necessary to pay for them. And they never made the contributions that were necessary to actually guarantee them. And what happens at the end of the day? We just end up bailing them out. Just, it makes me sick. And why would they, why would they change? Mm. Why would they stop doing it? You don't have to. Between 2006 and 2018, underfunding of plans nearly quadrupled. From $200 billion to $757 billion. Multi-employer plans currently have only $0.42 cents for every dollar of benefits they've promised. The central state's Teamsters pension plan actually applied to reduce benefits in 2016, a move that would have kept the plan solvent for decades longer. But in an election year, the Obama Treasury Department denied that request. 96% of all workers with multi-year pension plans are in plans that are less than 60% funded, are in plans that are less than 50% funded. Which, by the way, just to... You have a lot of boomers about to retire here. Yeah. Just to recap something you just said, this union that got the 36 bill, they asked in 2016 if they could reduce their benefits so they could remain solvent for a couple more decades. And the Department of Labor has to approve that. It looks like the Treasury Department, too. This is a 2016. Yeah, she did say Treasury, didn't she? Mm -hmm. Um, One of those departments. uh, One of them that probably shouldn't exist. I don't know. Maybe we could have Treasury, possibly. Anyway, regardless, they said no. This election year can't reduce your your benefits that you're giving out. Not going to do that. Instead, we just end up paying for it six years later. Borrow the money if you have to. Yeah. We're not going to do it. Because the bailout didn't do a single thing to fix the problems, it incentivized pension plans to worsen their funding so that they might qualify for a future bailout. Unfunded pension promises don't stop with private unions. State and local pensions have promised between $4 to $8 trillion in unfunded benefits. Imagine, imagine we started a company. (laughs) Okay, just Good Morning Liberty pension, and uh, can we base it out of the Bahamas? You don't. Well, it seems like we have our own rules here. Okay, uh, you guys just give us money, kind of like you know, kind of like these uh, Christian evangelicals. You know, <laughs> you you give us money, and we'll just promise you at a certain time that you're going to have more than that money that you gave us. Mm-hmm. And whether we give it to you or not, it doesn't matter. We'll make we'll that just, promise, and we'll, we won't do what we need to do to actually provide you with that money. And when it comes time to provide you with that money, instead of us getting in trouble, we'll just get a bailout from the government. And this is where I become pessimistic. Government-funded Ponzi, Ponzi scheme. Like, they couldn't get enough Social Security. You know, I guess some more, man. Social Security is just not quite enough. This is, this is where I become pessimistic because it's like why do i care you know these people are living high on the hog and we're here caring about things mm-hmm. <laughs> why we should go out there and get money at whatever cost yeah whatever you can do it, you know it's like it doesn't affect their sleep at all you know like they just don't there's no conscience you can buy they sleeping pills feel guilty how do you not feel guilty doing something like this how do you say like you know it's my job to manage this fund and make sure that I can pay out what I'm promising here and then just, eh, well, we can't do it, so we're going to reduce benefits. That was their first option, by the way. Which is what they should do. They're, they can't actually afford the benefits that they're promising the people. Yeah. They're just going to reduce, like, here's a more realistic benefit. For or you. figure out why they're not able to meet what they said they were going to. Like, what, what's off with our projections? 
You know, it's like, it's, it's like any other business, you know, you're projecting something that changes, you know, your profits change. So then you, you change your projections like the fed did today. You know, you're like, Oh, we're expecting, you know, by Q4 of next year uh, that we're going to do this. And then it turns out Q1, you didn't get what you were getting. So now you got to readjust and you got to analyze that kind of stuff. And they're sitting there being like, nah, nah, nope. Unfortunately, they can't do that because people want a guaranteed thing. Like, yeah, your retirement, it should be affected by whether or not the money that you invested accrued any value over the time that you invested it. Like, it's not just a flat amount of money. Like, what if you put in all that money and it was invested and it was all lost? Yeah. And the problem is that they want some kind of guaranteed thing and what they're guaranteeing is way too high. They're also trying to guarantee more than what people get at their non-unionized locations also and uh and it's not working out but they can't decrease it it's like you can't decrease someone's wage you know people won't take they want it they want it to go up when times are really good but times get tough you cannot decrease someone's wage you can you legally can. Yeah, oh, people, you can most people won't won't stand for it they'll quit they'll go somewhere else that's why they do benefits instead although salespeople deal with that quite a bit yeah yeah oh yeah once you get too good they're like oh, we're gonna take you down <laughs> a notch okay all told Every American household could be on the hook for up to $70,000 in unfunded liabilities for other people's pensions, even at a, even as Americans try to save for their own retirements. And that's not even including all the other unfunded liabilities that America currently has. Uh, basically, we don't have any money. We haven't had any money. And uh, we're just robbing. We're robbing Nate to pay Chuck. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it up. Okay, wait. It's White Pill Wednesday. I don't even know what that means anymore. The good thing is that, uh, hey, all of you workers out there that are getting your guaranteed uh, portion of our money, congrats. Good job. I hope you feel good about yourself. I know it's what you were promised. It's what you were promised. I wish they could right? sue, like, sue the union, too. Guess what? For the not people who promised. Upholding their end of the bargain. Here's the problem. Like, they promise it. Like, it's what you were promised. Why is it that I've got to make up for that person's promises? You know, it's not like the Teamsters Union has got to try and scrape around 36 bill or anything. They just go to the government for it. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's what they're owed because it's what they were promised. Like, when did I sign up for that for the Teamsters Union to not do their job? It's the price you pay for being in, in a civilized society. It's the social contract you signed it with the Teamsters. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa worked that out before <laughs> he was uh, offed by Robert De Niro. So anyway, I'm sorry, the Irishman, that was pretty good. We're just going to mention a few things. These are quick, quick, quick stories here. By the way, before you do, though, SBF, Sam Bangman fried here, has been uh, has been arrested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if we covered that or not. So. We we didn't. Even Part of it was even for campaign finance violations. I'm surprised they mentioned that one. So we're going from one scam to another. You notice the differences between these two things? kind of like they're not all that different are they <laughs> really they're just scams yeah and this is only 10 billion you don't think he could get you know i know he couldn't get it was where's just, his bailout where's the bailout yeah. i'm not saying he's a victim or he's getting screwed over i mean he's probably working for the same people you know but yeah. he's getting thrown under the bus here and i'm betting you he's not quite as suicidal as it's gonna look here in the next couple <laughs> weeks or so you know what i mean yeah um, stay safe out there. Keep the cameras on for you. All right. Here's a, here's a good thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't you wish life came with a user manual? I've needed that a lot. Trust me. Stuff goes wrong, even for myself and the other co-hosts here at Good Morning Liberty. Unfortunately, we don't get that user manual. You just kind of figure it out on your own. Hope you're making the best decisions. Maybe it's a career change or relationship. You could be a new parent pretty easy to get stuck. We don't have that user manual, but we do have BetterHelp. Therapists can help you figure out that whole stuck feeling, help you build better coping skills, and work through those tough decisions. I have done therapy before. Some of the best things I've done in my life, some of the best changes that I've made were because I was talking to a therapist. It was not easy when I did it. It was actually pretty tough. I didn't know how it was going to work out, 
but I am really glad that I did it. It's not about a therapist making decisions for you. It's about becoming a healthy version of yourself so you can make the best decisions on your own. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out the brief question there, the match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. Couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash GML. Ron DeSantis, you guys heard of him? Grand Jury Probe. He's seeking a grand jury to probe any wrongdoing related to COVID-19 vaccines. Now, this is us reporting on a news story. We are not alleging that there is anything wrong with the COVID-19 vaccines. I don't know, because I haven't had that freaking thing because I didn't want to die. <laughs> okay. But Charlie's had it, and he's still here. So far. Yeah. Although, kind of, you know, different, you know. I'm, different. I'm not saying it's vaccine-related, but, you know. There's no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. We'll never know for sure. So he's seeking a grand jury to probe any wrongdoing related to COVID vaccines. I think I've actually got a video. It's not like this is something that's unprecedented. So today uh, I'm announcing uh, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that. Uh, That will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. uh, And that will come with legal processes that will be... Look at all those screens back there. What's what's going going, on? Yeah, what is that? Is this a big giant Zoom meeting? That is... I need to figure out what software they're using for that so we can do a a live group meetup. Oh. Huh. Can you notice? I mean, it, it could be Zoom. I guess. I think it's See the font and stuff on there. That's big. A lot of stuff going on right there. They're in the matrix. That's also potential. I noticed that my volume's probably turned. Oh, no. Okay. We're good. Anyway, what do you think about that, Charlie? State going after Pfizer. Do you think anything's actually going to come from it? No. 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 I mean, what are you going to do? You know? What What exactly is it going to do? It's. I mean, I guess it gives credence to you know, some of the things that, that we've talked about potentially, um, that the fact that it was one giant government program, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, just the fleece in the pockets of the, the do gooders, what, what bothers well connected. And, um, it doesn't matter what you find. It, it was all necessary. Okay. Yeah. For the, yeah. for the greater good. Yeah, that's exactly right. What bothers me still is you don't see commercials for the vaccine. In fact, I think... Um, you see a, a public service announcement to get your COVID vaccine, but you do not see a Moderna or Pfizer commercial for the vaccine because they would be legally obligated to spend five seconds with someone like smiling and talking to their family and about uh, 55 seconds of someone slow motion swinging like on a park swing while they're reading all the different ways that can kill you, because that's what a commercial for a medication is these days. I had a commercial for a medication the other day. It said, don't take this if you're allergic to this medication. They all say that. The medication itself. Yeah, they all say that. So if we're all the way down to don't take Ambien if you're allergic to Ambien, like we've made it all the way down to the dumbest people watching this commercial possible. They can't do a commercial for... Pfizer and Moderna because they cannot admit that there are any side effects. Don't take this vaccine if you're allergic to this vaccine. <laughs> yeah. It's not even that. Like in in rare cases, uh, all these people died. You know they can't say that. Um, what what's the uh, what's the different uh, ailments they're talking about? Guillain-Barre stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. The myo myo myocarditis myocarditis. That's the most troubling thing to I me. Got the itis. They won't do the commercial, and that's because they can't admit any fault. Like we've talked about before, like when you're in a position of power, you can't admit fault because then you lose your ability to control people mm-hmm. because that means that you do have fault, and so you can be questioned afterwards. Okay, anyway, there's a quick one. Hey, did you watch AOC's newest climate change documentary no. that she's in? <laughs> Neither did anyone else. <laughs> 
Good, good job. You're in good company. Oh. Actually, you're in company with almost everyone. Um, so she released... It's in theater? It's not just her. It's a, you know, bunch of different... It's was in how many theaters? 120 theaters. Mm. 120 theaters. Um, $81 per theater. Came in 33rd place overall for the... What was number 34? That's Riveting. what I want to know. Were there 34? <laughs> I don't know if that makes it last place or not. I'm just assuming it's last place. Don't worry, I brought like a little trailer for you to show you. Oh yeah. Just just so we can appreciate what's going on here. Talk about this dispassionately, but this is the world that I will raise my kids in. The more centrist wing is arguing that they want to maintain the status quo. Ain't nobody gonna keep us down. This is going to be the moonshot of our generation. Moments of crisis crack open the window of possibility. We just climb mountain. Sometimes I feel like my job is to get my hands dirty. You're not going to trick us. Hell no. <laughs> this looks nice. Okay. It didn't do that great. That's why it's on White Pill Wednesday. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't see it only because I didn't want to drive my truck to the theater. A very principled stance for you to take. And then order, you know, like, because a lot of times I get like chicken strips Mm -hmm. when I'm there, you know, or like a burger. And then I'm just contributing to the problem while I'm eating and I drove there and I'm going to drive home. That's probably why it didn't do well. All the people who would love it, they don't go anywhere because it's bad for the environment. Mm, That's right. Okay. Well, I guess it's oh, it makes sense. People. Okay, whatever. Let's go to the, the next rapid fire white pill. I don't know why this. Uh, oh, I remember why it's a white pill. Supreme Court's going to be hearing another uh, challenge. Is going to be hearing the challenge over the student loan forgiveness plan, the the SCOTUS. And the good thing is that it's they're going to rule against them. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, and that's going to give us some precedent. A little bit of that, you know, that lazy precedent thing that I hate all the time. Well, it's going to give us a little bit of precedent about this whole loan cancellation thing. So is it weird if there's a particular podcast that said this is fake? <laughs> like this is just literally an electric tactic. It's not actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. Never heard of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, here we go. There's some white pill stuff. There's some, you see this article down here, Charlie, government remains America's top problem in 2022. No, I did not. (laughs) That's a good one. This one came from the live group. Who posted that? I'm going to give you a shout out. Bob McShay posted that today at 710 AM. This is from Gallup and Bob McShay. All right. From Gallup for, for the seventh year in the past decade, Americans named dissatisfaction with the government as the nation's top problem in 2022. An average of 19% of U.S. adults have mentioned some aspect of government as the most important problem facing the country in Gallup's 11 measures this year. The government edges out the high cost of living or inflation at 16%, outpaces economy in general, which is at 12%. Further down the list, immigration, unifying the country, COVID-19, race relations, and crime each average 4 to 6%. The data shows significant differences in partisan views of the nation's top three problems. On average, Republicans are more likely than Democrats and independents to name the government as the most pressing issue. In addition, Republicans are more than twice as likely as Democrats to name inflation and the economy in general, while the readings among independents fall between the two partisan groups. So, and what they all, yeah, we still put the same people in power. It's amazing. I, I hope that the people who name the government as number one realize that the inflation and the economy in general, that those are all the same, same, same. They're all the same thing. Same. Yeah. The biggest problem. And they all come from, they're right about the government being the number one problem. It is. It has been. What I thought was interesting was how quickly this stuff can change. Uh, um, amid a surge in COVID-19 cases at the start of 2022, the disease was named as the nation's top problem by 20% of U.S. adults. But then after Russia invaded Ukraine in late February, uh, the mentions of Russia as the U.S. top problem jumped from 2 to 9% and spiked up. After the uh, Dobbs decision, the abortion decision, I think it went up to a record high of 8% for people mentioning that, and it's fallen back down after that. And then we had 
gun, looks like gun control, went to 8% in June and came back down to 2%. It's really interesting when you have these news items pop up. That are in front of your face. See the spike. And it's like, oh, this is the biggest problem facing our nation mm. right now. You and can tell we're an emotionally driven species. A couple months later, uh, yeah, not that big of a deal. Screw them, kids. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh, I didn't do I, that. I'm not saying that. No, you didn't. That's, that's what those people are that's saying. That's the pollsters. It jumped up to 8% after the yeah. shootings, and it's back down to 2% mm. now. Those kids are still dead. Just as dead as they were back yeah. then. And and you folks out there don't care about it anymore. People just care less. Yeah. Care more about... It's the economy. Mm-hmm. What's that saying? It's the economy, stupid. I think that's what uh, people always care about. Um, this showed kind of what we were just talking about. Right after 2001, you see terrorism and stuff, and it slowly fades off, and it's mostly the economy. And then a lot of immigration stuff, 2018, 2019, popping in there. And... COVID-19 pops up 2020 as number one. And then we're back to the government, inflation, economy, same, same. Same, same, same. So they're identifying the economy or government basically since 2008. Identifying the problem, at least, Mm -hmm. um, just not the proper solutions. Uh, Another really quick item before we, uh, we got a nice little video of the play that we'll talk about. This is good news. We mentioned this on Monday, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is that um, nuclear fusion breakthrough. Does this give you hope, Charlie? Um, I don't know. Is anything? I don't. <laughs> you know, today's White Bell Wednesday, but I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why do I care so much? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. sitting here thinking today. It's Great. just like, you know, deep Great. down I care so deeply. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then I find myself in my selfish pessimism wondering... If I even care, I've got enough energy for me, my family, you know, screw it. (laughs) I feel so good right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just rejuvenated positive. No, this is, this is cool. This is pretty cool. It's going to, I think it'll take a while to harness it. Oh yeah. No, but quite a long time. I mean, I just think it's neat. We're trying things like this. Took a long time, you know, from uh, when Benjamin Franklin got struck by lightning when he was flying a kite that one time too, you know, cause yeah. that's probably real. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, takes a while yeah. to figure out what to do with that lightning that you got in a jar or whatever. Well, you know, <laughs> Dr. Evil has been working on laser beams <clears throat> yeah. you know, for a long time. He's got time travel though. So you yeah. can go back and forth. No, the thing with this, I, I see a lot of people Clearly, it would be really cool. Near limitless injury, injury, energy. Probably some people getting injured as well. When you've got that much energy flowing around, that would be really great. I think that people that are really worried about climate change need to uh, realize that this could take a few decades. Sure, um, but maybe it. We don't have to destroy all the world's economies if we're super worried. We could do more natural gas, which has very much lower emissions than say coal whatever the dirty fuels are um, we could focus more on the cleaner fossil fuels maybe nuclear energy itself fission. the fission yeah. yes that side of things that would be pretty cool and we don't have to destroy everything and all the people who say well this particular test this doesn't really count as a breakthrough because they actually use more energy to drive the lasers uh, to create this reaction and so it didn't really create more energy. Shut, shut up. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Okay. This is cool. Listen, when they invented electricity or the light bulb or the first guy who invented a car, uh, you know, a combustion engine or something like that, sure, everyone was sitting there up there on their horse. They were like, <laughs> what are we going yeah. to do with that thing, man? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a perfectly good horse right here, man. Mm. And that's what everyone was talking about. Sure, it took some time. For that, uh, for that guy's horse to get ran over, but I, that's just the way it goes. I saw something the other day, or I saw a video the other day of a guy unboxing the iPhone 3G. <laughs> thing looked awesome. Oh yeah, you know. Or uh, I also saw another video that made me laugh, where this professor had banned computers in his classroom. Oh, that was a good one. So yeah. this kid brought in a typewriter. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and it's so loud, and it dings at the end. <laughs> Yeah. 
Anyway, Most of you kids don't know what that means. This could actually be a technological breakthrough that we may not benefit from, but your children can benefit from, and that's okay. It takes time for those things to happen, like true massive changes for those things to happen. So I'm I'm pumped about it. I think it'll be cool. It'd be yeah, it would be cool. I think the next thing, weirdly enough, is a video from Barack Obama that I retweeted earlier, and I thought it'd be really good for White Pill Wednesday because Obama said this hmm. stuff. Okay, recently, and, um, I believe it was yesterday, the day before, or something oh, like that. So his hair's pretty gray. So uh, from a whole Mars catalog, catalog, I saw Elon Musk commented on it. And he said, uh, he didn't say this. The post said, my God, Barack Obama's gone full MAGA, just like Elon Musk. And so we'll just show you what he said. I think it's pretty good, pretty good content. And maybe he is even noticing that there's a problem out there. This is messy. There are ambiguities. You know, this, this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. People who you are fighting may love their kids. And, you know, share certain things with you. And, and, and I think that one danger I see among young people, particularly on college campuses, Malia and I talk about this. Yara goes to school with my daughter. Um, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because man you see how woke I was I called you out <laughs> let me get on TV watch my show watch Gronish um, you know that's not that's not activism that, that's not bringing about change. You know, if, 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 if all you're doing is casting stones, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. Huh. Sounds interesting. He's very cryptic in what <laughs> he said. You know, like, didn't come right out and say it. No. I would say. But uh, even said something like, oh, you're using the wrong verbs because mm-hmm. he would get in trouble if he said pronouns. Right. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> and, he, and I think he, one important thing he said is that, you know, somebody you may disagree with, like they probably love their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, uh, why are we so quick to throw shade or categorize people, oh, let's shit. say, categorize people in, in certain camps, right? As if like uh, they're they're evil, right? And well, it's because, you know, politics has become a religion. That's why mm-hmm. it's so easy just to, you know, throw, uh, throw people in the pits of hell because they're not saying what you need them to say. It is important to remember. I think he, like you said, he made a good point that you probably have things in common with those people. They love their kids too. Um, I think I've mentioned this a few times uh, in a few recent episodes, but Um, the people that we're arguing with on Twitter, and I could do better at this too, a lot of them probably think that what they believe is right and the best thing for the most amount of people or whatever the way of saying it is. They probably think that it's right. And they could be wrong about that. In fact, if they disagree with us, they are. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that they're just naturally terrible people or anything. It just means that uh, we're not all in the same place at the same time. I used to believe different things. Ten years ago, I believed different things. I'm just in a different time zone right now than that, Nate. You know, and that person could be in a different time zone too. Yeah, that's true. I, I think one of the problems is I see a lot of a lot of things that really upset me. Seems to be, and I saw this uh, 
this video of Charlie Munger talk about how the world doesn't run on greed. It's, it's envy. And so I see a lot of what I see a lot of are people, um, you know, talking about the rich paying their fair share, uh, because, and they don't mind for their taxes to go up because they don't pay any. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's this envious attitude of like, well, if I had a billion dollars, I could do all of this, you know, like, they're, they're really what they're saying is they they are the ones that want to be the rich ones to be able to control that capital. It's like yeah. they, and um, that's what really bothers me about a lot of these things. It's because you're, it's not really that you hate. It's not really that you think that nobody deserves a billion dollars. You think only certain people who can management properly, like you, mm-hmm. deserve. You're going to do the right thing. You're going to do the right thing with it. We've got to really. We need to focus on getting down. Uh, deeper in this uh, ideology and and what it is really that the like people on the left care about. I've been thinking a lot about lately because clearly we've talked a lot about Elon Musk and he's been in the news a bunch. And I've been waiting for the right price to buy Tesla and thinking about why it's going down and and all that. So I spent a lot of time um, thinking on that. And uh, you know he's kind of destroying his reputation a bit right now. Uh, there's even though video going around of him getting booed at the Dave Chappelle show and everything uh, when he came out on stage. Didn't really know what to say. Chappelle has a show again? Um, it was a lot. It was like a comedy show. And he brought Elon Musk out as a surprise and the, he got booed a lot. And like to the point that Musk was like, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> He's probably like... Felt kinda, yeah. I felt kind of... Yeah. He started you know, with his, you know... Felt kind of bad for him because... I mean, he got like real anxious and nervous and his autism really started to come out at that, at that time. Anyway, it got me thinking, like, imagine there's this, this guy, this guy Musk has uh, totally changed the EV industry, like changed everything. And for all these people who think climate change is going to kill everyone and everyone needs to be driving EVs. Like we went from laughable golf carts to like these souped up, you know, people who like muscle cars will drive a Tesla because they're so amazing. You know, so you totally change that whole game. Starlink could change the entire world and bring a, a billion people out of poverty. I don't know, by bringing industries to places that don't have any internet. I think what he's done with SpaceX is by far the greatest endeavor. Yeah. I mean, and then even if you look at practical matters, like all the money he's saved taxpayers with SpaceX and then... Uh, trying to go, they're going to go to the moon and then go to Mars and all the innovations that have taken place. Neuralink would be someone who's paralyzed or has whatever ailment it is. They could get this implant. I know we don't like implants in our brains and stuff, but let's look at the fact that there's someone who can't move their arms or legs that he could potentially cure that. I wonder if it's got chat GPT installed on it. Probably does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And boring company, I feel like that's just a tax write-off for him. Something he's like, oh, I might as well do something cool yeah. with the money, mm-hmm. you know. But hey, that could be cool too. But this guy decides that there should be slightly more free speech on the internet, on Twitter, and it's like, screw that guy. He's yeah. worthless. Get rid of him. Kick him out of society. He's basically Hitler. This guy, because he's allowing people to speak more slightly more freely mm-hmm. on the internet. Yeah. It's so crazy to me, like all the things that you do that are actually good for society and millions to potentially billions of people, and you end up allowing like Donald Trump to have a Twitter account, and it's like, oh, screw that. He'd be, we'd be better off if that guy was dead. Yeah. What is that ideology? That is a scary ideology. That is a well, terrifying ideology right there. You have to empathize with these people, Nate. I'm, tr- okay? I'm trying. Donald Trump is Hitler. Hitler is Donald Trump. Same people. They look the same. They smell the same. Same policies, right? Now, and you could imagine yourself back in Hitler's time, you would be the one that would stop Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. So now I would, I would have stopped him. So now, but you have to, because you have to remember the worst day in American history is Jan 6, perpetrated none other by none other than Hitler, which is Donald Trump. I got you. That's the worst day in American history. I'm t- I, so I'm now. This up. If you fall, see now you can have empathy for these mm-hmm. folks and realize 
if you can believe something as stupid as that, <laughs> then you can understand where they're coming from. I yeah? can't. A lot of them actually, <laughs> they really do believe it, I think. Yeah. They really do. No, they actually do. Yeah. And so we have to figure out how... Well, because now it's obvious, you know, he's hanging out with white supremacists, Nick Freitas, and... And I guess that's and, uh, that's just the media, right? Like, they're... Hanging they out with push, anti-Semite, yay. You it's, know? it's still on people, though, to make proper choices and rationalize things on their own. Like, the media... I've heard just as much stuff from the media talking about January 6th and uh, institutional systemic racism and... And Domestic all this terrorism. I've heard just as much stuff, and I'm able to look past all of that. But I, I don't know. It scares me that you can do all those things that could benefit that many people. And if you just allow some people to speak, or if you say that uh, maybe Fauci did some stuff wrong or whatever, it's like off with his head. Get him out of here. Well, when you attack science itself, all right, let's go home. It makes it difficult. Now. <laughs> I'm trying to provide these white no, pill I got you. empathy I got you. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, I noticed this giant article you have in here about Elon Musk. We're it's, saving that one? It's a, I haven't trimmed it down yet. It's very interesting. I actually looked up the book that they mentioned. It's a good article, and it's talking about this, um, this idea that what Musk is fighting against is the, uh, I'm trying to find, it's like the management, managerial revolution, and... Um, comes from this guy, uh, Burnham, who had a book in 1941. They were talking about what would take down the capitalist class was not going to be the workers, because they wouldn't be able to organize good enough, but it was going to be the mid-level, the managers, who actually perform the daily duties of running everything all the time. That it would be the, the managers and administrators in the government that would eventually take over everything because they were the ones that were actually in control of the people that were doing the work and the, the capital, the people who started it or the people at the very top that they would end up getting pushed out and it would be this managerial revolution or whatever they hmm. call it. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I don't think that's exactly what's going on. And I totally just botched it. I'm sure because I just started listening to the book and reading up on it today. Well, perhaps uh, but, we'll cover it in the, in the yeah, next show. And we'll talk about so. it later on. All right, y'all, uh, we're running up on, as Nate mentioned, we're running up on the holidays, so there's going to be some um, some breaks. Some gaps. Some gaps yeah. that you'll have to, that we'll fill later. Um, and so <laughs> I believe we've got Dumb Bleep of the Year coming up sometime uh, in the future. That'll be next week. Yeah. No, the week after Christmas, we'll do Dumb Bleep yep. of the Year. Week after Christmas, we got Dumb Bleep of the Year. If you would like to get in on that, you got to go to joingml.com. Get yourself a t-shirt, buy one for someone for Christmas. Be a good idea. Get your Twitter Files Matter shirt yeah, at GodHatesFeds.com. GodHatesFeds.com. What is the market doing? It was down, it was up, it was down, it was up. Who knows? I know someone who does. That's Nate. Nate's, <laughs> Nate's CrashCourse.com. And uh, all you got to do is give him a billion dollars, and then it turns into $10 billion when you retire. It's I promise. He promises. That's it. Nate's dot com. Go check it out. If y'all do all of those things, we'll be back on Friday. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>